Well, this is a weird week. You know, after all the festivities of Christmas, this week in between Christmas and New Year's Day is just is one of kind of a blah week, isn't it? Some are back to work, some aren't. The kids aren't back in school yet, and they're, they're already tired of whatever they got for Christmas, so they're bored. You know, at Christmas time, we do things we don't normally do any other time of year. You wear things at Christmas you don't wear any other time of year, like those ugly sweaters. You drink and eat things you don't drink or eat any other time of the year. I mean, who drinks eggnog in August? Nobody does that, right? You hang out with people at Christmas that you don't hang out with any other time of year, which might be a good thing. But all this flurry of activity it tends to be a distraction for us. It takes, us, takes our minds off of all the things that we've been thinking about, that we've been focused on for the last year. And the original Christmas... As we look at it, it was also a flurry of activity. Let me recap that for you just real quickly. There's this virgin girl who's visited by an angel. An angel says, hey, just because you've never, you know, you're going to be pregnant and your child is going to be the savior of the world. And I realize God hadn't spoken for 400 years, but this is going to happen to you. Then that same angel visits the fiance of this young woman and says, hey, even though you guys have never you know, uh, your fiance is going to be pregnant and her son is going to be the savior of the world and you're still going to marry her regardless of what everybody says and you're going to raise the savior of the world as your own kid. Then they go visit family and they're so, the family's so embarrassed by this teenage pregnancy, they banish them to the backyard where all the animals sleep and she has to give birth with a bunch of livestock. And then these dirty, smelly shepherds, they just show up. And Mary asked, what? What are you guys doing here? And they said, well, an angel showed up and told us. And Mary's like, oh, well, we know how that goes. He showed up and told me I was going to be pregnant. Now he shows up and tells you, you guys to come here. A couple years later, a bunch of guys who don't even worship the same God as Joseph and Mary, they come to their house and they say, hey, we're here to bring some gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And then King Herod finds out about all these guys. He freaks out. He has all the baby boys two years and under in Bethlehem killed. And again, again, comes to Mary and Joseph and says, I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to stay there as long as King Herod is alive because he's just cuckoo. And once Herod dies, they finally come back. For God to be silent for over 400 years, that's a lot to happen all at once. It's a huge distraction, and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the people around them that were living in darkness, they, who have now seen a great light, they had this moment to just forget about all the stuff they were dealing with. And for just a moment, they stepped out of their fear and their oppression and their poverty. But now what? What happens now? And it could be... That's where you find yourself today. Some of you are there. You've pushed aside all the fears and all the insecurities and all the doubts and the struggles and perhaps even addictions. But what happens after Christmas, after we pack up all the decorations and life really gets back, gets back the way it usually is? What happens when the fears start to come back? What happens when all the stuff that I wrestled with in this last year 
returns even stronger? What happens if all the relational issues that I had this last year comes back even stronger? What if I can't overcome the things that I couldn't overcome in this past year? What if it's all a repeat of what I've just experienced? Well, an interesting thing happens after all these adventures of Christmas, after the angels, after Mary and Joseph go to Egypt and they come back. Jesus goes to the temple and his parents lose him. Now, here's some good advice. If you're the mother and father of the Savior of the world, get a leash for your kid. Do not lose Jesus. They lose him. They have to go back to the temple in Jerusalem. They find him. And I can just, I can just hear them talking to him. What are you doing to us? You, you're giving your father a heart attack. Don't you love your mother? You know, all that parent kind of stuff. So they bring Jesus back. And listen to what the Bible says. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and all the people. He is the son of the living God, and then he goes home and becomes a junior high kid. And after all the fanfare of Christmas, Jesus goes home, submits to his parents. He grows in wisdom, grows in stature. He's 12 years old when this happens. We don't see him again in the Bible until he's about 30 years old. 18 years go by before we ever see Jesus again. So what happens during all those years? We want to know, right? Well, the Bible does tell us. It says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with all the people. See, after Christmas, there's only one thing that really helps us get through all the distractions and into the new year, and that's admitting I need wisdom. I need wisdom. You think about after all the commotion of Christmas, Jesus grew in wisdom. See, most of the stuff that we've wrestled with in this past year involves understanding how the world really operates, understanding how relationships really operate, how our mind really functions, how all our struggles, how all of our difficulties really function. The only way to deal with all of that is gaining wisdom. That's what Jesus did. He grew up. He learned to be wise. Jesus learned that God understands the world better than anybody else. Preacher, teacher Chuck Swindoll says, wisdom is the ability to view life as God perceives it. If we're going to see life the way God sees it, you and I need a new viewpoint. We need wisdom. See, God understands how our bodies function. He made them. He understands that. He understands how our relationships are supposed to work. He understands how our limits are supposed to work. He understands how good our minds can be if we devote them to him. He understands how you and I are wired differently. We have a few of those pieces of wisdom in our lives. For example... We know that one more bratwurst will probably put us over the edge, right? That's wisdom. You learn it after a while, but that's wisdom. 
We also know that when we get into an argument with, with either our spouse or a person we're dating or a family member, or if we actually say what we're thinking, we're going to dig a hole that we will never get out of. So we know that sometimes it's better to, rather than speaking, just listen and stop and wait and look. See, you and I don't need another plan. We don't need more advice. We don't need more information. I need wisdom. Everyone here needs wisdom because we live in a wisdom deficit. And when I face circumstances that, that I don't understand and I try to do whatever I feel is right, that's when the natural organic fertilizer hits the fan. You ever had that experience? More than anything else, I need wisdom. See, wisdom isn't just about knowing, though. It's also about doing. Think about Jesus. For 18 years, he spent time with his father learning to be a carpenter. He spent time with his friends learning how to have relationships. He spent time with rabbis and teachers learning the story of God and how, what God might mean to the world that Jesus lived in. So when people heard Jesus speak, they would say, where did this man get this wisdom? I mean, they knew Jesus was this blue-collar, small-town craftsman. He certainly wasn't a scholar. And they kept asking, how can this guy in this place, in this time, be so incredibly wise? Well, as you start looking into next year, in the year 2020, Jesus is saying, I see the world from God's perspective. I know how your body works. I know how relationships work. I know how your mind works. If you take my invitation and follow me, you'll find wisdom in this new year. This wisdom that Jesus offers in love, it does several things for us. And the first is wisdom gets to the point. Wisdom has a way of just sorting through all the stuff, every, all, all the stuff in our life, all the other things. You think about it, in Jesus' day, the Jewish system had a religion that said there are 613 commandments you have to keep in order to be God's people. 613. And if you miss one, you miss them all. I mean, how do you keep track of all that? I don't have a big enough refrigerator to put all those on there. How could we do that? And there's this guy who walks up to Jesus says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment? In other words, he's asking, out of all these 613 laws, which one matters the most? Listen to what Jesus said. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In other words, Jesus is telling this guy, look past all these 613 laws and look at the wisdom behind them. It's not just about what you're supposed to do. It's about the why. It's about the how. See, it's wiser to love God with everything you are and everything you have and then just let everything else fall into place. 
And if you want to live in wisdom, Jesus says, focus on one thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. And doing that will take care of everything else that you might face in this coming new year. Everything. If I'm to love God, if I truly love God, I've got to open my ears and hear what he has to say. And then I've got to follow his instructions and do something with it. However, wisdom requires humility. It really does. See, sometimes the problem is we're too arrogant to listen to what we already know. And the Bible says pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And if you focus on loving God with everything you have and, and loving your neighbors yourself, wisdom will find you. doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's not. It just means you're going to have a way to work through and deal with these tough situations you're going to have to face. It means having enough humility to know that you don't have all the wisdom that you really need. And Jesus says, go to the source. Get focused. Find wisdom because wisdom is Jesus. It truly is. You go back in the New Testament, everything Jesus did in his life is wise. Everything Jesus did in his ministry, in his discussions, in his words that we have recorded is wise. Listen to what Paul says about him. 1 Corinthians 1.30. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our, for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. In other words, Jesus is wisdom walking. Jesus is wisdom in the flesh. And we want to be wise in the situations that you're going to face this coming year. One of the best things you can do is start following Jesus. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm already following Jesus, one of the best things you can do is just renew that focus with zeal and fervor. Zeal and fervor. I love saying zeal and fervor because we need that as a church. We need that in our lives because we all follow somebody. It might be ourselves, it might be others, it might be the way we were raised. So I think as we get to the end of the year, this is a great time for us to sit back and just ask ourselves is my way of living wise? Is my way of living healthy? Is my way of living good? See, after Christmas, we have this tendency to go back to our default. In other words, it's business as usual. We go back to doing the things we used to do. And unless you want a repeat of last year, it's probably not the best idea in the world. You need a new way of living, a new way of walking, a new way of being if we're going to find wisdom in this coming year. And the best place to find that is in Jesus Christ. His wisdom will bring goodness and grace into your life in ways that you couldn't have planned or even expected. But here's the sad part. It 
breaks my heart, but Jesus said this. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and his gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few will ever find it. There's this big, fat road that everybody chases. But if you want a life that's filled with fruit and goodness and blessing and joy and truth and hopefulness, he's saying, take the narrow road. It's a hard walk. And it's an uphill struggle. But it leads to life. It's not the sexiest, not the most popular. People are going to may look at you like you're crazy, yet wisdom is found on that narrow road because that's where Jesus is found. If you want a year filled with wisdom, if you want a year filled with courage, no matter what you might face, there's only one way to do that, and that's to follow him. And you just start today by telling Jesus, just tired and doing things my way because it don't work so great. I want to follow you. I want to live a life of wisdom. I need godly wisdom that only comes from following you. Would you please stand and pray with me? Father God, we are amazed at your word and the power that it contains. And you offer us today the wisdom of Jesus. Lord, as we face another year, we come to you and seek that wisdom in Jesus Christ. Father, we ask for wisdom. Your word says to ask if we don't have it. So we ask. Help us to face wisely all the circumstances, all the events that are coming this next year. And Father, through that, we want to bring you glory. We want to bring you praise. Through that, we want want the world to know that we follow Jesus Christ. Help us to share that with great wisdom. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.